Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Uh, here we are again, episode two of One More Last Time, the podcast. And, uh, yep, it's me, Jared Tabor, and... Tommy Perkins. Yeah, we did it better this time. <laughs> yeah, we're getting pros at yeah. this. We should, uh, we should, we should be uh, getting paid for this, but uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're no, professionals. Not going to happen. No. <laughs> uh, so we've had a little bit of time. Uh, man, we've tried to record this a couple times in the last couple of days, um, and just stuff come up. Uh, I got sick, and then uh, my toddler was being extra toddlery, um, and so that was a mess. Um, but yeah, we've had uh, some good feedback on the first episode, and then. Um, uh, some people have sent me some questions um, via the like Facebook Messenger and stuff, and then somebody had commented uh, on the the link from the last episode. So we'll get to answer those, and then we'll talk a little bit more. Um, you know, just kind of celebrating this month of one more last time the record turning twenty, and uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then uh, we can give some updates on uh, the acoustic sessions EP thing. Um, that we were working on today. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about um, just like the cool opportunities that came from, you know, signing a record deal and releasing a record like that, um, tours and just different things like that. And then um, some questions will be answered. And then, uh, yeah, maybe we can end it with kind of what you and I have been up to in the last 20 years <laughs> in a nutshell. I don't want to take three yeah. hours, but that, and then kind of would take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe, uh, just talk about, you know, the other members, um, you know, when they, when they had departed and, um, and what, maybe what they're up to that, what we know of, um, and we can kind of go from there, but, um, right. yeah, man, uh, again, 20 years of, of one more last time, um, the label release at least. And, um, just yeah, I was. I listened to the podcast that we did just to kind of think if we missed anything. Um, yeah. I, I don't think so. I mean, like other than we, we could talk about some gear stuff here in a little while. Um, yeah. What we use on the record and what what we can remember and stuff and kind of maybe what we use now, but um, and what we've used over the years because I know you've. Man, I can't remember how many drum kits you've had. Um, well, I actually haven't had that many when I toured. Uh, you know, like. A- I had the one I started with, and then I had my first pro kit, I guess you would call it, uh, the Orange County. Oh, one. yeah. Was that, you got yeah. that after the Pearl kit? Yeah. Yeah. The Pearl was the first one. The first one. one. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel, our original bass player, uh, he helped me. He actually bought me the Orange County kit uh, because I, I couldn't afford it on my own. So he bought it for me, and then I paid him off. Oh, nice. Um, I think yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Was that? Yeah. Did you get that before we recorded one more last time? Yes. Yeah. So it's oh, it's God. it's that kit on one more last time is that's nice. is the is the Orange Counties and then I used Randy's uh, DW snares and uh, Zildjian uh, Z cymbals. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I got to deal with Risen after that. That's right. That's see, I that's forgot. The then you got another kit. But then after yeah. that, didn't you have a? I, I I did get another one. Well, I guess I've yeah, got a little I was gonna more. Say, than well, I you got a few. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, yeah. So so after the Orange County, I got the deal with Risen Drums, and then uh, that was great and everything. But it, the problem I was having was I I was like have things like break on the road, and I couldn't go to like Guitar Center and you know because they mm. don't they didn't sell Risen kits. So I needed a kit that I could pretty much go into any music store, no matter where we were in the country, you know, and, and just buy whatever I needed. And so that's why I switched to uh, PDP drums, yeah. uh, which is why I still play today. So. I didn't, I didn't think about that, about, yeah, you know, with them being it, like a, like a custom company that yeah, wasn't really yeah, in stores like that. They were, they, they sounded amazing. I, I used that kid, the Risen kit on, um, Waiting on Love, mm. uh, and Summer Fade. Did uh, you have but, that on Summer Fade? I did, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. did you not have the Orange County kit that long? 
Not very long. No, I, I had it. See, I, it seems like I just got it, and then I had it for a few months, and then I got the deal with Risen. So, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. If you guys see the video for Your Name and Untitled, you'll see like a blue sparkle snare drum I'm playing. That's actually the first thing Risen made for me was a it was a 6 by 14 uh, vintage blue sparkle with four two and a quarter inch vents in it. So it was loud. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I remember that kit. And then I remember you getting the the full Risen kit. Is yes. that company still around? They're not. Uh, they they were until not very long ago, and I, I went to their website fairly recently, and and they had unfortunately uh, not not still making drums. Mm. So, yeah. That's sad. I know they were they were great drums. They and great guys. They, I don't know what happened, but probably probably COVID didn't help. Like yeah, like I don't a know. lot of things. A lot know? of businesses and stuff didn't make it through that. Yeah. Um. Man, but. 20 years i'm trying to think uh gear wise what i even had back then because uh, I, I think you played that that one epiphone you had oh yeah the, the, the les paul epiphone the, the green, green one yeah oh man yeah that's the that only was a sweet guitar i know it's the only piece of gear that i regret selling in my history <laughs> of having gear <laughs> yeah so if anybody's listening and you bought that from somebody named dave <laughs> Here in Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, I would like to have that back. I'll buy it off of you if you're listening. Um, it was a really great guitar. And it was when Epiphone was still, like, you know, good. It wasn't, you know, really cheap. Yeah. Like, the bottom line Epiphone stuff, it was more of the t- higher-end um, stuff. So I was like, man. So I just kind of regret selling it. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But I, I had that Marshall Plexi 50-watt head um, with its matching 412 cab. I've had that since I was like 15 or 16. Um, yeah. So I, I know I tracked my parts on that. And I think didn't, um, wasn't there like a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or something in the studio I, that we used a few just to get different sounds? I can't remember. I'm not sure, to be honest, because I was, I was not there for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. Guitar tracking and stuff. Uh, so I'm not real sure, but I... I'm sure there was gear around that studio. I think so we, that, yeah, I think there was a Fender Hot Rod DeVille or a Deluxe or something sitting in there um, yeah. that we used a couple of things. Jeremy had his blue. He had the um, same Epiphone Les Paul that I had, but his was translucent blue and mine was green. Yeah. And then he had a Marshall JCM 900, I think. I think it was 900, yeah. Yeah, so I think he yeah. tracks stuff that, that mainly in that. As far as pedals and stuff, man, I don't even remember. I mean, I was oh, using man. Boss Overdrive, I'm sure. And I think Jeremy was either using the head distortion or he had a, you know, the Boss distortion pedal that was like the staple of every pedal board back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, but my gear stuff, my tone and stuff changed drastically from record to record. Yeah. Um, I think that's normal. It's, yeah. You know, I was still just trying to figure out stuff like i wasn't i mean i'm still not that great of a guitar player but uh, me neither but (laughs) but, you know it's always good no matter you know what you play or or what stage you're in is to always be learning i think you know yeah Um, i mean i think what was cool i mean just looking back i just remember like having the smallest pedal board it just really had a tuner a compressor and like an overdrive, and I think I had the uh, I, got, I ended up getting a tremolo pedal because of Summer Fade record with with oh, yeah. um, um, what was that song? Falling. Is yes, it? that dun, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, just ju- literally just to play that part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And then over the years, I, as I you know grew and as a player, I started collecting more pedals and stuff. You know, um, yeah. I ended up buying like my you know an AC30, like a Vox AC30 later on, and. Um, which was great. It had the greenbacks in it, which was the same speakers that are in the the four twelve cab. That Marshall, I still ha- I still own it. I don't have it in my possession. Um, it's in Nashville. Um, Michael Blakemore, um, the very 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 last guitar player that Radio Angel ever had was Michael, and uh, <laughs> he lives out in Nashville now, and uh, he tours with different country acts and stuff. And so um, I. 
I think I let him take that when I was living in Florida. Um, cause I was living in an apartment at the time and I just didn't have any room for it. And I uh, pretty much just, he's just had it since then. So man, when was that? <laughs> so he's had it for I a I don't even time. know that. That uh, was after I left. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he's had it for a while and I just, I'm like, he's, I think he's been trying to buy it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to sell it, but you can keep, you know, use it as long as you want. Um, yeah. but I think he's been taking it out. Um, he plays fractal stuff now, but he uses it as a, um, like a stage monitor for, you know, just through the cabinet. I don't think he was even running the head at all, but it's just for looks basically. Um, but yeah, that's fractal stuff is all I use now anymore. I don't even have, I don't even have own an analog amp or pedals. (laughs) I just have have fractal. (laughs) You don't need them now. No, not anymore. That stuff's amazing now. I have the, I have the fractal, uh, FM three, um, which is before I had that, I had that, the AX8 or AX8 or however they said it, um, and that yeah. was discontinued, and I couldn't update anything else. So I was like, oh, I better get something oh, different. Yeah. That's a problem. But I love that man. Any you know, the digital stuff has come a long way because now I have like, you know, a plethora of amps and pedals and stuff for uh, a like fraction of the cost of what oh, it would yeah. really cost you to buy all that stuff. And and it, the space is the other thing, you know, oh, like yeah. if. If you and I had the like physical real world equivalent of what we have digitally, like we would have to have a big old warehouse yeah. or something. Yeah, we a big old warehouse <laughs> studio to store all that stuff. Yeah. I think the main stuff that I play because I typically only play on Sundays now, but um, I think I have just for Sundays I have eight different amp combinations that I go through depending on what guitar I'm playing yeah. um, and my staple is always a AC30 um, and man Worship Tutorials just did a like a 1960s oh, Vox AC30 I was like well I gotta yeah. get that <laughs> it's great I have uh, it too those impulse yeah. responses are just ah oh, man it's just it's Your just sounds it's awesome. so good yeah it's just they it's really, really good yeah. um, there's another thing um the guys from um the guitar player from bethel um has started a thing called tone factor um Um, i think right now you can get there he's got an ac30 um setup that you can it's free uh, that you can get for helix and um fractal stuff so i'm gonna check that out yeah i actually did it today and i plugged it in and i was like okay this is not bad (laughs) so (laughs) um sounds really good so yeah gear wise we're just we were all over the place um and then oh, I ended yeah. up, I remember um, through the labels, talking about opportunities because signing with a label and, and releasing one more last time, gear-wise too, is that um, we uh, we got a Gibson do- yeah. deal. And so yeah. I ended up getting that Gibson Les Paul, that 1960s classic one. I think uh, I didn't so pay pretty, for, yeah, the black I beauty. I didn't pay very much for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember that, but I remember yeah. getting it drop shipped to uh, where was that? San Diego, I think, is where we were gonna play. Oh yeah, because I needed it to be far in advance for that. And that guy was like, I think the youth pastor was like, uh, "Yeah, you got a guitar, but I think I'm gonna keep it. It's in my office." <laughs> I was like, "Sorry, man." I'm sure he would have kept mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it took a while for me to find tone stuff with that member we were out that was when we were out with unified front uh, one of those times and yeah. i was i played a couple shows with it and i was just like ah, i'm just not liking it right now so i went ended up going back to the epiphone for a little bit until i had time <laughs> to sit down and and dial in the tone with that guitar so it's a different sound that the humbuckers on that classic are really dirty yeah um, and so i mean i don't like clean tone period and but it was a little too dirty for the clean at that point well because um, you 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 would have had to end up readjusting your whole game staging and everything. yeah so i was like i don't want to do that in the middle of a tour it was bad yeah um, exactly yeah but yeah that was cool getting uh all because of uh what was that band uh was that burlap to cashmere is that i think it? so yeah. yeah because they had uh uh, y'all got Gibson, mm-hmm. and I kick myself for this one really hard. Even <laughs> st- it, I had a DW one, but I took the Risen one instead. Mm, so, uh, well. but you know, representing small companies, you know, yeah, you know, I, uh, but yeah, so uh, it was still good. It was fun. Yeah, that was um, that was a cool time. That was yeah. I mean, we had a cool. I mean, there are pros and cons to our time on the label stuff. And I was talking to um, 
you know, I share stuff with Courtney a, a lot. It's things that I start remembering. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast. I mean, it's not, I don't want to <laughs> slander anybody, but it's not really slander when it's truth. But I'm like, right. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, we had a know. really bad, bad experience. experience yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. just in the business side of things and, and kind of how we were treated. And, and some of like that's, for like, the, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, you're I fine. was just going to say it, it, it it's, the whole reason that started uh, what ended up being, I guess you'd say, the, the decline of our relationship was the stupidest thing that you could ever Oh, imagine. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I think also there was, um, remember when like online blogging was a thing? Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. Live Journal or something. like. I had one of those. And I think somebody from the label, like an intern or something, found mine. And, oh, really? And I, yeah. I'm like... I didn't really publicize it. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't under my name or anything. Yeah. And I think I just kind of, I vented in one of the things talking about like, uh, I just wish they would just let us go like out of our contract because you know they weren't doing anything with us after that situation had happened with what yes. you're referring to. Yeah. And I'm just like, why be petty about it? And why can't we just mutually just go our separate ways so we can try to, you know, figure out the next steps of our career and it exactly just, it yeah. just was i don't know the whole thing was interesting and later on years later a couple of years ago i was back in nashville um hanging out with michael um when courtney and i left new uh man i keep talking about places i've lived <laughs> when we when we left new hampshire there's another place i lived uh we stored we were in the rv so we stored a lot of our stuff in their place and i went i when we got back to oklahoma i rented a car or a suv and drove back to nashville and picked it up later on and i ended up grabbing um lunch with michael and um just an old friend from the industry um and i told you know i kind of shared what happened and he was like interesting because those same people kind of the same thing happened to them they got let go from the label and then nobody wanted to work with them. And I was like, huh. Yeah. I was like, huh. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, because yeah. exactly what happened to us. So. It, it's almost like you, you you get blackballed, you know. Yeah, like, it, and it just, it, it's terrible because it's, you know, from what I remember, like we were always going to the label Anytime we were passing through Nashville, we would make a stop and and -hmm. make it a point to go in and literally thank everybody, like from the front desk person to all the way up, just being like, hey, thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing for us. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we were always like, what can we do to to sell more records in these regions? And, you know, we were always trying to do stuff like that. And it just kind of, I don't know, it was super disappointing that it turned out the way that it did because I was like, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know any other bands that was doing that, especially on that label yeah. at the time. I know, and it's just, yeah. it's just frustrating, but there was good stuff that came out of it. Obviously, you know, the, the deals, the DW and uh, the Gibson stuff. And then, you know, obviously we shot videos and got to take over, you know, radio U stuff. And yeah. um, we did the, uh, because of we were on the label, we did the um, GMA week, Gospel Music Association week leading up to the Dove Awards. Yes, and that was fun. That was okay. fun. And we got to see that the, one of the best live bands we've ever seen. Oh, D- Dakona. Dakona. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm sad they only last in one record, but. It's so sad. You know, like Ryan's still doing stuff, the singer. And yeah. his, his solo stuff's pretty good. But it's it, it just Dakona. If you guys ever are looking for something to listen to, search Dakona. D-A-K-O-N-A. It's like the greatest album. They were on Madonna's label, which was also... Under the whole the Warner Brothers thing, Warner Kerr, yeah, you know, Which was, yeah, because I think it was what was it, Maverick? I think it was what the Maverick, yeah, yeah the mainstream it. side of her stuff. And but because yes. it was owned by Warner Brothers, and they were sounded like a Christian band. I don't know if they really ever were. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not but sure either. But they were there. They did the showcase um, the night that was all the Warner. Lo- Christian bands, so um, which we were supposed to be on, but didn't. But that's another story. Yeah, that's because we got yeah we anyways. got scolded anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm glad we were there because seeing them oh, yeah. play, I was like, this band is incredible. Yeah, I remember um, down here played, and yeah. then and then Dakona, and, and then, then I think it was Robert Randolph. Yeah, Robert Randolph. Which, yeah. golly, that guy, incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the night where I. I, I just I remember leaving that area and kind of just walking the streets of Nashville myself and just been like, 
God, what, you know, I was like, what is happening? Like you've brought us this far only to feel like super let down right now. Um, yeah, just with it, all that. Cause it all was accumulating right that week. Everything kind of yeah, happened that, that's that week. the week that the problem started. Yeah. yeah. And so it was uh, just be, like, gosh, I keep being afraid I'm going to say too much. So I, <laughs> I don't know what, what, but you know, like we, we were excited about that week, you know, it should have been, you know, uh, it should have been one of the yeah. best weeks of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. And, and because of that stupid, th- which, which we'll have to tell y'all sometime, you yeah, know, in some way we'll, I'm not ready for it, you but. know, yeah, we'll, we'll have to, you know, but so that way y'all know what we're talking about, but you know, and, and to kind of, it, it was just really petty the way it was handled. Uh, yeah. You know? Yes, uh, it was, but, but, but anyway, that was, it was still fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, that was a, it was a fun week still yeah. but it could have it should have been like one of the best weeks of our oh, yeah. career yeah. For, and, for those of y'all that don't know that whole week uh gma week is leading up to the dove awards which is essentially the the christian grammys uh, basically yeah uh and and so that week it, you you do like a whole week of promo stuff interviews radio stuff uh there's there's showcases all the time you know mm-hmm. it, and that was the other cool thing is we got to see a lot of bands showcase and stuff yeah that was really cool uh, but yeah so so that's what gma week is you know um it, it's just it, it's a really it was it was fun still but yeah know, it wasn't i mean what it could be yeah i just remember like it's a really good networking week too. Like if you're in yeah. a band, cause you're, you're meeting all these other bands and Definitely, yeah. unfortunately in Nashville at the time, and I don't know if it's the same way then because we've been so out of the music business, but you know, it was always a bunch of blow smoke up your butt. Um, you know, make promises that never came true. <laughs> that you don't ever intend on. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you'd run into a band and they'd be like, Hey, we should do a tour together. Yeah, we should. And then oh, we should, never, dude. never speak again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they'd be like, who, who's radio angel? Like, yeah. Or I've never the whole, met those dudes ever. The whole hand, you're shaking their hand, but you're not even looking at you. They're looking past they're, you to look for other people that they know. They're looking for the next dude to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, there's Toby Mac. So I'm going to go talk to him. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that was, the, that was the same year that the Benjamin Gate broke up because uh, 80 started dating Jeremy Camp. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I remember, I don't know what band we were. I was talking to. We were kind of in one of those hotel, like, mezzanine areas. And I think we had just talked to Derek Webb. And um, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, we there was another group of guys with us. And we all looked down the hall, and here comes Jeremy Camp, like, holding hands with her. And we were all like, dang it <laughs> he's he's the benjamin gate killer yeah and i was like man because i mean everybody everybody in that scene at that time had the biggest crush on her it was oh, just like yeah she yeah. was a you know it was very rare that you would have like this really awesome rock band that was fronted by a girl at the time and they were and, amazing yeah they were all I, super super I nice i still too, listen but. to that record yeah, I like I, I like both those records. The, both of them are good. Yeah. yeah, but remember we played with them. Um, we did down yeah. in Sherman, Texas, with uh, All Together Separate. Um, yeah, God, they, they what, had what a, a great show. It was a great show, and and I don't know what happened to them, but uh, like we got that call, we weren't supposed to play this show, and and we were we were down in Texas already, and it, they called us, and they 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 had to use my drum kit for some reason, and it. it I don't know. It was. I think they used some of the uh, some uh, like not just your drum kit. Maybe they used some of our amps too. I think there was a did. situation with their backline or something. I don't remember. Probably so. Maybe they flew in and they didn't have. You know, I don't know, but but it was fun. She was really nice, and the, the whole band was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all together, separate guys were really cool. Oh yeah, that was what was interesting. Years, you know, a couple of years, or maybe it wasn't even a year later because it was Switchfoot. Remember we played. Um, with them and Norman at OU yeah. and John, um, is that his name? He was yeah. the guitar player for yeah. All Together Separate. And then I, we were like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so I play for Switchfoot oh, now. We're like, what? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think Drew. his name was Drew. John. Yeah, Drew. Drew, yeah. yeah. John's and, a singer at Switchfoot. Yeah. Uh, and Drew, yeah, we saw him. And he was the guitar player for All Together Separate. And then we saw him and he was like, yeah, I'm with Switchfoot now. We're like, man, that's awesome. Yep. That night. <laughs> that you were talking about at OU is also another cool opportunity. One more last time thing to talk about as well is that's Ooh. the night that uh, John was the swinger for the swinger for 
the singer for Switchfoot was at our merch table and and he he was like, "Can I wear your shirt in our new video?" And we were like, "Yeah." Yeah, that you was cool. That? Yeah, yeah. Heart, the the heart shirt. The, the heart one, had, one, yeah. yeah. But yeah, GMA was cool. I mean, it, it obviously didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to and the whole being on the label didn't turn out the way we we wanted it to, but it gave us really great opportunities. Like so speaking of GMA week, we did, you know, those interviews and um we went to the room with uh, where they were doing acquire the fire TV stuff. And we did mm-hmm. an interview, and I mentioned that, you know, I kind of grew up going to those Acquire the Fire conferences. And I remember them afterwards, like, kind of pulling us aside and be like, hey, do you guys want to do the next Acquire the Fire tour? And, and me, knowing what they were, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, yeah. Dang you, Eddie. And uh, he didn't want to do the whole tour. It was like 20 dates. And we ended up just doing 10. So I don't know if a lot of people know, you you know, a lot of these tours, only in the Christian world, I'll say, you have to pay to, <laughs> yeah. to go on them. They're buy-on tours, yeah. what it's called, yeah. And so Acquire the Fire, I think we were paying a 1000 bucks a night. To play? Something like that. It was like a it's thousand or twelve hundred something. Uh, yeah, something like that. somewhere in there. And yeah. but just on merch, we were making like five, oh, man. five anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars every time we played. Yeah, and every so, night. Yeah. So like about yeah. the fifth one we've done, Eddie's like, "Yeah, sorry, my bad. We should have done all 20 I'm like, "Dude, I told you. <laughs> like, you gotta trust me. I grew up going to these things. I know. Exactly. I know what it was like." Yeah. Um, but that was cool. I mean, I literally, uh, growing up in the you know my church youth group and going to that conference and being in in the crowd one time, just feeling like I'm going to play that stage one day. And it what we we literally played that exact stage. Yeah. Uh, years in later. Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. In Tulsa, because that's the one I would yeah. go to. And so then we got you know we did nine more others of them. But that was cool because that was the the year that that happened. Delirious was like the main. Act yep. and man, those guys are great and oh, yeah. super nice guys. Um, yeah, totally. They're, man, they were just they were just so good. <laughs> they were and 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 they were like the the constant one on the tour. And every every weekend, it, it like a few bands would change. You know, I know it was us and Delirious and uh, Seven yes. Places. Yeah, Seven Y'all Places. Yeah, yeah, Seven Places. Uh, Cutlass did a few of them, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Skillet did like one, yeah, uh, one or two or so. I can't Bleach, uh, yeah, Bleach did one, uh, yeah, yeah, because we so, I, yeah. we did a prank on them, or I did. <laughs> I There's lots you, of I don't radial you, Bleach pranks. <laughs> I don't know if you knew about the one I did um, for the Acquire the Fire. I had. I'm, I'm not sure. I had the um, one of the, uh, um, I guess the. I don't know what her position was for Acquire the Fire, but she would be the liaison between the band and the event. And yeah. I, I told her to call the band, to call Bleach and tell them that load-in was at like, you know, nine in the Oh, morning. I do remember that. And it's like not, it's like, what, it was like 10 or something like yeah. maybe No, 11 or 12 or something. It was, it was the afternoon, I think. It, it, the concert part was after lunch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think load in was like eleven, eleven thirty, and so they show up early. <laughs> and everybody's like, Why are you here so early? And they're like, I, well they we were told to be here and then I'm like right there and I just lose it. And they, and they oh, were yeah. so mad. <laughs> they got us back plenty of oh, time. Oh they so. did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those guys were great. Uh, that was probably Bleach, out of all those bands back then, that was probably my favorite. Those guys just Overall. Like the coolest bunch of guys ever. Yeah, seriously. Like yeah. I remember um uh we were out on the road one time and I knew we were gonna be heading to Nashville. And I remember my my um my Marshall amp head had like something happened to it and it just wasn't working. Um and I called Sam, the guitar player yeah. from Bleach, and I was just like, Hey man, sorry to bother you. I was like, do you know anybody in Nashville that can, I just told him what was wrong with the guitar. And he was like, yeah, he was like in the middle of dinner. And he was like, yeah, let me, I, let me, he's like, I got to get the guy's phone number out of my car. So like, literally he was like, I'll be right back. And he like, you know, went out there and grabbed the number and, you know, got, let me know it. But I was like, dude, who, who really would ever do that? Like in the yeah. middle of dinner with their family, like, that's just, I don't know. That was really cool. Those guys had a lot of integrity and um, Definitely, super yeah. awesome guys to hang out with. And there was, I mean, other bands that we really loved and to hang out with too, but those, though, they just really stand out to me of back to that time frame. Yeah. Special place in our hearts. Yeah. Um, really. 
But yeah, you know, other, we just, because of the being on the label and stuff, it really propelled our radio play um, across the world, really. Um, mm. And then even after we were off the label, we were still able to release music um, and, and, and it be released over, you know, all throughout the Played world. And, yeah. yeah. And it was so, yeah. that kind of, you know, kept us. We never got on another label, we, not for lack of trying, but. We did several showcases. All right, we uh, kind of left off at the uh, just some different opportunities. Like we said that you know the label situation should have been a dream come true and you know partly it was but the other part was just kind of you know it is what it is but there was still really cool opportunities i mean we toured man you know remember when we were gonna uh we were like super close to going to australia um, yes and that was gonna i be was like, so excited about that. that was gonna be the sweetest thing because it was like you're gonna fly to every date like yes and i was exactly. like yes this is gonna be amazing and like it yep. was like legit and then the last minute Last minute, it kind of yeah, fell we're, apart. We were like fixing to get passports and all that. I I think yeah yeah and yeah because we were gonna, it, we were gonna have to get like uh, expedited like because we, yes. we needed them quickly. Yep. Yeah, and then the last they minute, were like, "You guys are gonna fly here, and then after that show, you'll get in a plane and you'll fly." To the, it was like gonna be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Never happened. No, nope. that's fine. Never left the yeah. country. <laughs> we didn't, but we, but we pretty much been all over the country. Uh, yeah, I was. There's, there's literally like a handful of states we hadn't been to, and that's it. Yeah, which was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Late, to later in life, uh, when I wanted to just kind of take my own little vacations here and there. And now, obviously, I've been married, so we've been taking you know anniversary trips here and there, and we'll go to places that I remember just being really cool. And that was the thing. Like back then, we didn't have like shows like diners drive-ins and dives you didn't know where all the cool places to eat oh I'm, yeah i'm glad because i would have been super fat because um, <laughs> yeah. i would have been like yes every one of these i'm hitting well um, we did like to you and i especially like to find the little small diners yeah i love because i love a hole in the wall yeah. place i know it's going to be good oh yeah you know i'm not They're a big best. i'm not a big chain you know food place um yeah. i still like hole in the wall places i live in el reno where to, you know, burger joints or hole in the wall places here, and that's where everybody comes here. I think one of them was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah, it was just yeah. that was. I mean, touring and and that kind of stuff. And it, I, I wish we wouldn't have taken it for granted. We just thought we were going to have a longer career, so we, we didn't. Did. We, we didn't really like sightsee. I mean, we didn't have a lot of time, but we didn't have time for that. Is the main thing. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm like, that would just been better just to soak it all in and it, it would have you know it was before smartphones so we didn't take pic- nope. a lot of pictures no nope. the video was like i had my sister's like eight millimeter <laughs> video camera and <laughs> i was like uh filming stuff which i have all the tapes i've been trying to get them all digitized to see what they look like so i know some of it's from acquire the fire era and that kind of stuff um, yeah. but yeah we just we got to do a lot of cool shows and Met a lot of cool people. I know it was uh, a really cool story for me. Um, it was kind of towards the end of the Rail Angel time. Um, we weren't touring at all. Like you, this was after you had already left, and um, I think I don't know if Josh was still with us or not on guitar. I can't remember, but I was working uh, a part time job at Coles of all places. This is when Coles had an overnight team so i would work like 9 p.m to 6 a.m it was the worst ever oh that um, sounds terrible it was but they were super flexible so if i needed to leave yeah. for weeks on end they were fine with it um yeah. but i remember getting an email um from a guy it was like hey uh you know i'm getting married soon and my fiance's favorite song is she and i think i don't know if he used it to propose or it's just something that they fell in love listening to and um he was like, what would, what, what are the chances you could come and perform at the wedding? And, um, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you why I don't do weddings anymore. Not because of this story. This story was awesome. Um, but after this, I'll share why I don't do weddings anymore. Um, 
So I was like, you know, I was like, what would it take to do that? And honestly, I just wrote back. I just said, hey, if you want to cover a flight and put me up somewhere and feed me, you know, I'll do it. You know, you don't have to pay me anything. Um, it'd be just be a cool little quick vacation for me. It was in Phoenix, Arizona is where it was. And so I did it and I had to act, pretend that I was like his distant cousin. <laughs> it was like <laughs> this big deal. It was pretty fun. Like I had to like sneak around and I, could, I didn't go to the actual wedding. I just, I was at the reception waiting because I was like, that was the surprise. Like his, his gift to her was me that was going to be their first dance and I was going to play acoustic, you know, she, and, and so I had to like pretend that I was his cousin at this, you know, at the tables. Um, uh, but it was cool. Cause That's I got, crazy. I got there a day or two early. So I ended up hanging out with Zach from, uh, ever Says red. And went, I went and saw a movie with a group of people that we had known out there and got my in and out fix for sure. And, oh, uh, man. but it was cool. <laughs> like we, uh, I did it. I mean, we, you can, I think, uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you see it once a year because his name is Travis. He posts it, um, just if somebody had taken like a cell phone video of it and it's just me singing she for them while they dance to their, the first song where it was, it was really cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah. But we stayed friends, like stayed in contact. He ended up being a general manager at a hotel. So that came in handy real good <laughs> when we were still kind of traveling. Um, yeah, cause I remember, um, I think Michael and I, we did an acoustic run. We ended up staying at his, uh, his house or something or his apartment at the time they were, they had just moved to St. Louis. Um, but yeah, he had always, if I ever needed anything and I would call him and just say, Hey, can I, you know, I need a hotel and, um, this point i think i was in vegas once and he helped me out get a basically basically it was like the managers pay you know i had to for the room so like you know 150 dollar 200 room was like 50 bucks or something super cheap and so it was yeah. just really cool and um it was just i don't know that was a really cool awesome little situation to be able to do and um would have been cool to do that more but I was just, nobody really ever asked, or they were afraid to ask, I guess. I'd be like, you know, $10,000 and I'll do it. But I was, I yeah. I'm more of the, hey, just put me up and feed me. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. A free um, trip out of the deal is, is yeah, it was cool. Know, I mean, I got to take it off. Yeah. I was got, a, got away for a couple of days, go out to Phoenix, hang out. And I mean, you know, we had friends out there. And uh, yeah. so it was cool to hang out for a little bit and then do that and then fly back home and be back. And so, yeah. Um, just opportunities like that were really cool to, to have happen. And, you know, people over the years would email still or comment on our social medias and stuff about, you know, you know, my wife and I, we love the song she, and, you know, I remember somebody talked about, they walked down the aisle to it. I'm like, that's really cool to me. I mean, it is. Yeah. That's not what I wrote. The, I wasn't intending that to happen, but that's really cool to be a part of somebody's, I mean, it's a big deal. Like it uh, is, yeah. So that's biggest that's, biggest day of somebody's life. Yeah. So it's really cool yeah. that 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 kind of stuff happened, and um, you know, just doing that thing out in Phoenix for Travis ended up. You know, we're still friends. He actually shot me some messages the other day talking about he had listened to the first podcast and he was really liking it. And I was like, you might get a shout out on the next one. So here you go, Travis. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Stop> Travis. <laughs> um, so that was just really cool. And um, again, he was like, you know, if, if we ever start traveling again, let him know and he can help us out here and there. So I thought that was awesome. really cool. It's always good to have people like that. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, but now I don't do weddings because <laughs> it's stupidly stressful. Like, I feel like uh, the last wedding, so Courtney and I, um, so, you know, I lead worship at my church, but my wife also can sing. And so she'll co-lead or she'll lead sometimes um, without me. And she had gone um, to like a discipleship school. And then, you know, one of her main things for the school was they would travel and she um, would lead worship and stuff. So um, her and I, when we lived in Florida, right when we got married, we sang at somebody's wedding from our church. And that was fun. Um, it was super relaxed, not stressful at all. And then I think we did a, maybe two more. And the last one, it was, it was so stressful. I was more stressed out that day than I was probably any other time in my life. Wow. And, and I was just like, I don't think I ever want to do this again. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It was just way too much. I'm like, I, it's not worth it. It's not my wedding. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. we got to, you know, people take care of you and they'll pay you a little bit, but for what we, 
I've gotten it just, I was like, ah, this isn't worth it anymore. It's not worth taking off a year of my life because I'm so stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So I just was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do weddings anymore. I've had a few people ask just even in the last couple of years. And I'm just like, I, I, I just, I won't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I remember just, I asked you and you were, you were like, dude, you can go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I would have done no, your I'm, wedding for I'm sure. I'm just kidding. I know you would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't count. You don't count yeah. in the not going to happen situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't do weddings anymore. It's just kind of funny. It's one of those funny things. Um, but yeah, uh, can you, someone, I'm trying to think of the other fun tours that we got to do and other opportunities that we had. I mean, uh, well, we did the Elms tour. Oh yeah. Uh, that was fun. The Elms. That was and, our, our first like official quote, the, official on, big tour. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. us and Holland. And Holland. The Elms, yep. which they yep. changed their name later. The Holland, Holland guys changed the Lonely Hearts. Um, oh, that's right. I was, I couldn't remember what they changed it to. I remember they changed oh, it. Oh, Will yeah. and Josiah Holland. Um, yes. Man, remember Ted Fox? <laughs> oh, Ted Fox and and Yogi. Yeah, youngster. You know, he plays with for Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. Yeah. And I think they just yeah. he's in another like super group. Um, I think he and uh, somebody from POD and like two other bands like formed this super group, and they're like on the road right now. I was like, man, that's awesome. that's gonna be good. I, yeah, I would like to hear that. Uh, he's that a phenomenal be. drummer too. He is. If y'all don't know, he Yogi is his name, and he played. He actually played on some Audio Adrenaline records, and he probably played several on eighty percent of the CCM albums that you've probably. listened to from like early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just he's a, amazing. He's a, yeah, he, and he's a really good session drummer too. So that's why he was doing that. But yeah, the Elms tour was fun. We got to play some cool was, places, yeah. and the Elms guys, those guys were, those guys were fun. I I liked. Uh, yeah, we. I remember. Um, I. Uh, uh, I kept bugging um, Owen and Tom to teach me how to play. Uh, I think I wanted to learn Lifeboat because oh. I really, I really liked. I don't know why I liked that song because that was like the very first song I heard of theirs. It was oh, um, yeah. their very first single, and maybe it was that one and another one. And they were like, "Only if you teach me how to play she." And it was like funny. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, you know, you turn the B to an A," and they're like, "Oh, that's you know, that was just really cool." Yeah, maybe the yeah. first time we ever saw them at that with. Uh, what was that band? Uh, uh, Day of Atonement. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, we we played that New Year's Eve show. That, yes, that was when our uh, our this is this this like was the stupidest thing ever. But our our manager at the time slash booking was the same same person. Oh yeah, he he booked us like two shows on a New Year's Eve. We we did the. Uh, we headlined the Radio U New oh, Year's yeah, Eve with, show. And, you know, Everyday Sunday opened that show. Everyday Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> they opened for... That was before they took off. Yeah. Uh, that was at that then, skating rink there in Yes, it Columbus. was a skating rink. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. And, the, and then we drove to... Was, uh, it was somewhere Kentucky in Kentucky. Or so, yeah. yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. And, and it was like us, the Elms, Bleach. That's when we met Bleach, I think, for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Day of Atonement was. Oh man! And and it was like it was funny because all all three of us, us and Bleach <laughs> yes. and the Elms, would talk about Day of Atonement forever on. It it was just something you <laughs> had yeah, to experience. It's, it's hard to explain the band and <laughs> the songs and just the dynamic of how tall and big the lead singer was compared to the rest of his guys. Um, but remember when we played the Door in Dallas and was it the Elms who wrote? In the back, you know, everybody would put their band name and kind of sign it. Yeah. Then they put Day of Atonement real big in there. And we were like, yes, who did like that? that? And we found out it was them. It was just really yeah. funny. That, stuff, that kind of stuff really is fun to do. Yes. Just oh, carrying man. on a joke, inside yeah. jokes, you know. Yeah. But we did, you know, we did a lot of those tours. We played a lot of festivals. We played... Oh, um, a lot of festivals, yeah. And then we did... Talk about humbling, though. Going from Acquire the Fire... On like a Saturday, oh, on a Saturday afternoon in front of like you yeah. know ten to fifteen thousand exactly ten to fifteen thousand people for those that didn't know <laughs> yeah and, and then, then go ahead I know what you're gonna yeah tell. Go you, the next night you play at a youth group for like ten people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of the times, like when you're on a tour like that, uh, you you have some off days, and sometimes they'll get filled by you know youth groups or whatever, and and you know you're like like I remember one time we our first date was the Target Center, oh, which is Minneapolis, uh, which is Minneapolis, yeah, and it oh. was like fifteen thousand people, and like I mean that's the most we'd ever played for, and still, uh, yeah, I uh, was you know, but I, I was. I was shaking. Like I remember oh, yeah. specifically. I, like uh, up until like the middle of the first song when I just kind of relaxed and was <laughs> into it. I was like I botched it was um Summer Fade. We we opened it you know with that and you get to that ding 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 how do you live for you know that first yeah. I I was botching that guitar because my hand was shaking so much. Oh yeah. And then it wasn't I until like- I think we hit that first chorus and I was like, Okay, we're good, I'm in. I'm, let's do I- this. I pretty much never would get nervous to play ever, except for that. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever really felt like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I hope we don't suck. (laughs) You just look out and all you see is like seas of people. Yeah, it was cool. Oh my god, what if my what if my click cuts out and I can't (laughs) hear? You know, and I yeah, all these things rush your mind. Yeah, yeah. What if they think we're terrible and they don't cheer? Oh. Yeah. yeah, but that was the first one. Do you do were you did we play somewhere like stupidly small after that? We I think we did. It, it was it was a note. We did several of those where yeah. we did like the youth group the next day, yeah. or uh, I don't think we ever played the day before the event. But no, it was we I know it was after. a fr- we'd always give up a Friday playing because we'd like to get there the day before and set up merch because you know, if you can sell yeah. merch two days in a row, that was money. Exactly, and it was a free meal. <laughs> Like yeah, we were just cheap. Yeah, um, yeah. As we could eat with the in the green room and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I just remember those. You'd play, you know, ten thousand, fifteen thousand people, and then the next night or two, you're just like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> or, or 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 like other dates on the tour where it's just like, you know, sometimes every every once in a while, you know, anybody that's been in a band knows that sometimes you're gonna play for. Your band and the opening, opening band. band. <laughs> and that's it, you know? <laughs> and, like, yes. I remember sometimes you and I would be like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why Why are we doing this? And oh, then you, yeah. you would have an Acquire the Fire Day. And you, oh, okay, that's why. Yeah. Remember that? Not that it's about people, but, no, you know, but it, you, it helps. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> what, why else are you out there? You got to make money, you know? If exactly. nobody's coming, you're not making money. Yes. Um, the intro of our podcast is a uh, a play on the intro we used to use quite a bit on uh, live. And so picture this kind of, you know, is everybody in kind of with rumbly music and, you know, it's getting hypey. And then <laughs> a guy coming up to you and going, you guys are starting with worship first, right? And you're like, what? <laughs> so you have to cut your intro and go, we weren't prepared for that, but okay. But do you remember that was somewhere here in Oklahoma? I have to go from Operation Rock to Operation Worship. Yeah. It's not It's not real easy to do. No. But it's like, you guys are starting with worship, right? Uh, yeah. Nobody told us. So we yeah. always had situations. Or show up and they, this is the sound system we're using. And it's like two 10-inch speakers on a on a stick. Yeah, th- like, this is okay, right? And they would, honest honest to God, like, be be serious. Like, th- yeah. This will be okay, right, guys? <laughs> you know, you're like, what? <laughs> oh, gosh. Those were wild times. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we kind of already talked about the, the gear that we had used on one more last time. I can't think of anything else. I mean, now yeah. I'm just playing straight digital stuff. I mean, it's fractal is where it's at, man. Um, I love that stuff. I can get so many different options for hardly anything you you know buy somebody's patches or presets or impulse responses which are you know cabs you know different cabinet speakers that are mic'd and you get the you know a sample of it and so now you can your amps now is that so it blows kinda, my mind how that happens. Oh, you know, you've got it now you know, with like, your your it's electric. It's crazy. Kit. Yeah, yeah. So, like you can pull yeah. a kit from you know whatever stu- whatever studios there in Nashville, and you know, exactly you got the kit there. Yeah, it sounds phenomenal. Exactly. So it's just it wild that, that stuff happens. But yeah. I still have my um, I still have my Gibson Les Paul. Um, I don't ever play it. Anyways. That thing weighs a ton, um, but it's hanging <laughs> up on the wall, and I've got. Uh, what two 
I love my mid boost Tilly man. That one that you're going to work on for me. It's sweet. Yeah, oh, that's so a sweet. Guitar. It doesn't sound like a Tilly. It sounds more like a, well, you know, humbucker, less polish. It's real dirty. It's nice. It's a less polycaster. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then you you helped me build my Tilly Deluxe that we just yeah. did, and which yeah. I really like that too. And I'm just a Tilly guy yeah. now, man. I don't. I change big time. I like Tellys are to, great. I used to love Les Pauls, and they have their place and. So oh, I did. I did yeah. use the Les Paul on um, when we redid uh, the Christmas EP. I did it on uh, Little Drummer Boy, um, and I think I used it on. Uh, we're retracking the Waiting on Love stuff. I think I used it on Burning Bridges, and one when more. When you need maximum rock, yeah. When I want it to be crunchy <laughs> and nasty, I use that Les Paul. But for the most yeah. part, I've, I use. I have a semi hollow body, uh, like a three thirty five copy. Um, from a company that as another defunct company, Sublime Guitar Company. They were out of Florida, but they, I don't think they exist anymore. Um, great guitar, though. It's a semi-hollow body, but it's got P90s in it. So that's really good. But for the oh, most yeah. part, I just use that Tele with the, it's a mid-boost. It's the Eric Clapton version, I think is what Fender called it. Um, I think they only made like 400 of them or something. Um, I just bought it on a fluke. I went to the guitar center one day when I was living in Virginia um, with the one of my guitar players from the worship team I had and he was just I went with him because he was going to buy an amp and then I, he was like just grab me a guitar we can play through this amp and I ended up grabbing that telly and he like strummed it once and I was like what? I was like is that the telly or the amp? <laughs> and he was like man this thing's great and I didn't even I wasn't planning on buying anything I was like I'm buying that guitar right now <laughs> I was like that's mine I'm leaving with it and sure enough I have it still what is that? It was, was meant to be yeah I bought that thing I think in 2011 so I've had it for 10 years or 12 <laughs> years now or 11 or 11 something I don't know but yeah it's great it's making yeah. a farty noise right now though so you're gonna yeah. help me look we're at gonna it. take care of that yeah yeah but yeah, yeah gear wise and I know that you said you do the the you got a PDP kit again um yeah, which is yeah cool. PDP kit DW snare DW hardware Zildjian cymbals yeah Zildjian's Zildjian's <laughs> the best. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. I've been fond in my fractal stuff. I usually, it's just my go to is an AC30 with um, like a Klon copy, um, like a Centaur Klon for the little overdrive. But that's the thing with that um, mid boost telly. So I, the way I have it is I'm, I'm mid boosting, man, probably 25%. And so my clean is just kind of, it's dirty. And so. I don't really use a lot of overdrive, especially for what I do for worship. I don't really need it. Um, but like yeah. tracking this stuff, tracking um, new stuff and tracking the Waiting on Love remakes, um, I've been using a little bit more drives and stuff. So it's been pretty cool. I like yeah. it. Um, man, quickly, what have we been up to for the past 20 years? So, by the way, we, we've answered some questions that we already had with some of the touring stuff and then the gear. And now here's one of the people were like, I had a few people comment through um, messaging saying, what have you guys been up for the last 20 years? Yeah. It's like, it's hard to say because uh, yeah. we all went kind of different ways. We um, did, yeah. Real quickly, I'll say um, Jeremy left. What was that? We had recorded... The summer fade. It was right after summer fade. Uh, close, close to I think. Yeah, because we did a we did a run, and then he was like, "Okay, guys, I'm done." Um, yeah. And then remember, we had to quickly find somebody for that Ever Stays Red tour. We ended up using yes. Aaron, Aaron Watkins, who yeah, is oh, the yeah, singer yeah. for uh, Random Hero. Uh, Random Hero. Um, yeah. That he played guitar for us on that run with Ever Stays Red out on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, but Jeremy, I think I just we just talked to him the other day. He uh, his dad owns a, a, a restaurant here in Oklahoma City area, and I think he's been working there and just doing some also. He was in a um, was in a band to uh, or there's uh, what is her name? Circadia. Circadia. Yeah. Um. So he's still playing music, which is cool. You can find them on Spotify and all um, that kind of good stuff too. And then Eddie, Eddie left. Eddie was with me for a while. So when um, everyone else left, Eddie and I were still going strong and we started another project uh, called New York Summer just because we felt like, you know, Radio Angel's over, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we were just, when we, we didn't want to carry that baggage with us anymore. And so we kind of just was like, let's just start a new project. Um, but just some internal situations happened um, between him and, and a couple of other guys. And I was just like, you know, 
it's probably time to move on. Um, so him and Christy, his wife, they uh, moved to New York, man. And uh, when I lived in New Hampshire, we ended up going out and seeing them because I wasn't very far from New York City. But now they work remote, man. They're all over the place. He's like on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I see his posts on his Instagram and stuff. He's like, well, dude, where are you at now? So um, good for them. They get to work remote and he's traveling. And that's what he said. He was like, I get to take advantage of, you know, going and sightseeing other things we didn't get to see when we were on the road. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then Josh was the guitar player we had after Jeremy, and he stayed with uh, us for a while, and then he just he wanted to settle down and get married and you know have a real job that actually paid money, um, <laughs> which I can't blame him. Um, no, no, you can't. So when he, he left, um, that's when um, we had a few – fill-ins here and there and then they just weren't good um you know good enough for what we needed and so uh i ended up connecting with michael blakemore and so michael's still touring he's man he just got back from overseas he played in dublin he played in uh london and i was like dude you're knocking off all the bucket lists that i want to do wow that's dream like, stuff yeah. right i was there. like that's awesome he's playing with a guy named matt still right now as a country artist that's kind of newer and up and coming so i thought that was cool um, but then uh, another Josh um, came in with us on drums after you. Um, actually, yeah, bef- yeah. before no, yeah, he was he was right after you. Um, I, so, I actually handpicked him. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so he Josh yeah. had played a handful of, of stuff with us and and ended up doing the last Rail Angel run. It was me, him, Michael, and Eddie. We did an East Coast run um, and ended up and we went out east and then to Michigan and came home and that was that was literally the last that was it um Michael and I kind of did some acoustic stuff here and there in the region but it was there was never really another run after that um and then the New York summer stuff we just kind of stayed regionally I think the furthest we went was Nashville and that was you know to do whatever um was there anybody else that had played with us I don't think Uh, so no no I mean like one literally like one show here and there yeah but but not like for yeah extended not just fill in stuff yeah yeah um again i think we should do a a separate podcast where you can kind of share your story because i yeah it uh, it really would take way too long um i i can sum it up super quick uh uh you want me to do that yeah just real quick yeah yeah uh so after i left the band um for reasons that would probably be discussed later. Uh, <laughs> um, I went to nursing school. Uh, you know, I got a, became a nurse, uh, and I had been born with a, a, a disease process. It's, it's a, uh, autoimmune disease called rheumatoid arthritis, which is, uh, basically attacks your, your body is constantly attacking itself all the time. Your, your joints, even your, your heart and your lung. I have lung damage from it now. Mm. Um, and, uh, but anyway, uh, so I've had that diagnosed at five years old, but it, it didn't become, uh, you know, a problem until shortly after I left the band, I had to have both my hips replaced and, um, I still could work after that, it, you know, like a joint replacement supposed to do. It's supposed to give you mobility and stuff. And it did. And then, Another long story short part, uh, I developed a bone marrow infection and uh, basically had about 10 different surgeries on my left side alone. And that's uh, triggered my disease process even more. And now I'm totally disabled. uh, And so I I can't work anymore, unfortunately. So that's that's what I'm doing in a nutshell. What's crazy, uh, though, is that you can play drums, man. Like I know, like I, I if it would have been my other leg, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It, if it was my other leg, I would, I'd be done. But yeah, think you know, it, and it's things like that, and, and I'll go into this more later. But but like you know, when you have situations like that happen to you, you have to think of stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have to think this did happen, but. God allowed it to be this side, which is not the one I use for my kick drum pedal, you know? And, yeah. and so, I mean, you just got, you have to, you know, when, when, when you're faced with stuff like, and, and I haven't even 
said a tenth of what I've been through yeah. since I left the band, you know. And, but when you're faced with stuff like that, and then stuff like the surgery stuff, you you have to focus on stuff like that. So uh, I write songs, I record, uh, you know, just kind of keep my mind busy when yeah. when I can. You know, I'm limited time that I can sit and do that. You know, but but you know, keeps me busy and. And uh, we'll share the rest another day. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's but just, that's just a nutshell. It's crazy to me that, you know, I'm sure when you come play at my church, people are like, what? Because <laughs> I'm sure they are. He, yeah. has, to, he has to walk with a walker. So yeah, it's like I, you see him go up on stage with it and then come down. But you know, yeah. if you were just playing drums back then, nobody would ever know. No. Um, yeah, nobody, I'm sure nobody still knew. And you're still playing. So it's just really, to me, it's really awesome. Yeah. yeah and honestly, it's, it's like... Oh man, I just, uh, I'm just thinking about like, if you couldn't, I wouldn't be doing this any, like still, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have, yeah. I wouldn't have started up again. So it's just, I don't know. God's really weird like that. Um, he is. And, and I, you know, I'm just thankful for it. You know, I'm, it's, 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 it's hard to find people to play with, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I tried to play with some people, you know, while I was waiting, you know, cause you had to like get some things, you know, like you were, you were having a baby for one, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and think, you know, and I tried to play with some people and, and it just, you know, I was like, I quit trying to find people yeah. to play with, you know, it's just tough anymore. And it is yeah, many that's a, that could be a whole podcast in itself yeah. also, you know, <laughs> cause Oklahoma has no music scene basically, Not you anymore. know, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. So, so I'm just making music when I can, you know, and uh, just trying to make the best out of out of the uh, rest of my life that I've been given. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then after after Real Angel, uh, when I was literally the only original member left, um, I started <laughs> a project called New York Summer um, with Michael, and then we had a couple of different drummers, um, and we played some cool shows. We played with Need to Breathe. Um, down at the House of Blues in Dallas, um, and then a few other here and there. But it was like Michael kind of knew I was done. I just, you know, the life got sucked out of me when nothing ever came to fruition again with Real Angel. After all these promises, you know, we yeah we yeah. met different people. We'll have to share about the whole Stephen Baldwin thing on one of the podcasts. Cause that's a wild, <laughs> everybody always asks about yeah, that. That's a wild wild time in our lives with that. But it was. Um, but then after that, after New York summer, I was just kind of done. I kind of stopped playing music. I didn't touch anything. I was about six months. I kind of, and honestly, I kind of developed a drinking problem. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like an alcoholic, but I just, I just really, I just drank Mountain Dew and Malibu every night. And it was just my way of just coping, I guess. Cause uh, you know, I had just spent, you know, half of my life at that point in the band and it's like it's over so it's like who am i what am i doing with my life what am i supposed oh, to man, do oh man that that's a hard i mean I, yeah i could talk about that also that's a so that people was people don't think about that so it was i was just i didn't know what to do and then i ended up filling in guitar for a friend at church all i did was acoustic kind of in the in the background and i was like hmm and i really felt like god was like this is where i've wanted you and i'm like okay so long story short i've worked at this I'm on my fourth church in the last 11 years. Um, it was Virginia, Orlando, Florida. Then I was in New Hampshire. And then, then I took two years. I wasn't doing anything. I traveled in an RV. So during the pandemic, I was just living RV life. <laughs> uh, we'd sold <laughs> yeah. all of our possessions and just kind of traveled, It was which was awesome. But um, we got back to Oklahoma and I landed at the church that I'm at now and man, it's been awesome. And so just kind of doing that and striking creative stuff up with you again and just seeing where the Lord takes it. You know, it's not something that we're, we've set out to like be a band again per se, but you know, if we can make music and put it out and have fun with it, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah and so I, I love the church that I'm at super flexible and um, you know, I can take a, a little chunk of my day and, and work on stuff here and there and, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I think we're, that's it for now, man. We can, uh, we'll probably have some guests on coming up. We'll do another one. I think maybe we'll do one more without a guest. Cause I'd like, to, I, I think we should share about the Stephen Baldwin stuff. Cause it's pretty wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and just a few things and maybe talk about the, the records that we did after like summer fade and, 
who we got to record with and where that was and and then leading up to what we're doing now i think it'd be cool yeah sounds good cool man this is great if you're still listening i know this was probably longer than the last one but we appreciate it i know we got some good feedback from the first episode and you know it's just cool it's just me and tommy having a conversation about the band and you know celebrating 20 years of one more last time and um yeah we just really appreciate you and you know share the podcast and yeah if there's topics and stuff you want us to talk about um songs or albums or you know tours or anything yeah any of that stuff we're we're, we are an open book man we'll share our story and we'll let tommy take a whole episode and just kind of um his life literally could be a hallmark movie and that's not a that's not a joke it's that is a true statement man god (laughs) god um has yeah you it's just wild, man. It's uh, I'm really thankful. Not to get sappy with you, man, but I, I'm really glad you're still here. Me um, too, man. <laughs> I just, you yeah. know, not to get crying right now, but... I don't cry. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, I'm just really appreciative that you're still here and uh, we get to make music again. Um, it really yeah. means a lot to me, so... Me too, um, man. All right, we will, we will catch you again. And uh, again, we appreciate everybody. And uh, yeah, have a good one. All right, thanks for listening. I know you will be.